Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Burt Sheet Metal. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. On this edition of the show, we are going to not live up to our promises again, Kyle. We said we were going to try to wrap up the mailbag, but nope, that's looking unlikely considering all the stuff that has happened in the past 24 hours since we last recorded. Uh, if you listened to the last edition of the show, you sh- if you haven't at this point, you should go back and listen. Um, but right at the end, it was made clear that there is a new grad transfer that many people will want out there available, um, Blackshear, and... We talked about him a little bit. Yep. Kyle has an update on that. We'll talk about that today. We'll talk about Jamal Baker going in transfer portal. We'll talk about Keldon Johnson and Tyler Hero, both officially now all the way gone from Kentucky. So we're going to get to all that. Uh, I guess, Kyle, I'll just, I think I'm trying to do this chronologically in my head, but I guess we'll go in order from when it happened. The the stuff we ended the last podcast with, you, you reached out to the Blackshear family. What is kind of the latest on... Their thought process, because you talked to the father, and what there is about Kentucky, one thing we did not note when we talked about him on the last podcast, going pro is a real option for him. When we read tweets, it everyone that was tweeting it made it seem like he's a grad transfer, period. But he is entering, he's going to get feedback from the NBA before he makes a decision. So kind of lay out what you want, and then whatever you don't want, people can read on The Athletic. Yeah, yeah, the you know, that's one of the big takeaways is that like this may not be a transfer. <laughs> um I think the dad, you know, he he was Stetson's all-time leading scorer. He was the Atlantic Sun Conference Player of the Year uh when he was there. He was uh, a pro overseas for over a decade. Um so, you know, they're from for one, they're familiar with the other options that are out there, it's not just the NBA. You can go make a nice living overseas. He's 22 years old. He'd be 23 coming out next year. He's not projected on anybody's NBA draft boards, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a pro. Um, you know, he's 6'10", 250, can shoot it a little bit, can play away from the basket a little bit, doesn't shoot it great, not a great shot blocker, 28 blocks in 35 games. So he's not really a prototypical NBA big man center. Um, but he's, you know, he's going to go get some workouts. He's going to get some feedback. He's probably going to get a good grip on how much he can earn elsewhere if he doesn't, if he's not an NBA player right now. And then try to get a sense for these other schools, and I think Kentucky will definitely be one of them, of how much can they, wherever he goes next, potentially increase his earning power. Mm-hmm. Um I think the interesting case study can be, to a certain extent, Reed Travis. I mean, and I don't think that that'll, you know, I, I, I'm i sure that they view themselves as different from Reed Travis to a certain extent. Um, but if he's able to increase his, his stock, it's something else that Kentucky could point to and say, hey, look, it, ha- it worked with him. It can work with you, too. Yeah, I mean, and... <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to wait, wait and see to see how much it worked for Reed Travis. Well, that's what I yeah, mean. You know, that's what like, I'm saying. I, yeah, we don't like, know at this point. Yeah, I mean, like 
And is it even is that even tangible? Like I don't well, think could, he, he wasn't an NBA draft pick last year. Could they go get the he's receipts prob- from his signing tour? Yeah, I mean he's probably yeah. I mean that'll help. That's that's a good like, that's a legit consideration for somebody in that you know that is just going to try to make as much as they can make in basketball, even if they're not an NBA player. Is that that's out there? Uh, the signing tour money it's pretty significant. But the uh, the uh, you know the other thing is like. You know what were his what were Reed Travis's overseas offers last year, and what are they going to end up being this year? Um, and he may yet, you know, he may be an undrafted guy who signs a two way deal in the NBA. I mean, you could do worse than yeah than Reed Travis, a, a like super reliable guy who who behaves like a pro. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's out there. Um, uh, you know, the interesting thing in talking to his dad. Um, was that all these reports came out last night that Kentucky's made contact. Kentucky's made contact. Well, they, I think that's technically true. I think somebody from Kentucky's side has made it clear there's interest to someone in Kerry Blackshear's team. camp, but not in his family. His dad was pretty clear about that. And, and I, you know, talking to people on this side, I think they, no one disagreed with that idea that he told me, Cal hasn't called him. Kentucky hasn't called him. It had not called him yet as of last night. Well, and to be like, like this is minutia, but in theory, they, they couldn't have really a ton, right? Because tampering rules are like yeah, he had only been in the portal for a few hours. Yeah, and so yeah, but but other schools yeah. had called. I mean, his dad said when I called him last night, he's like, my phone's been ringing off the hook. Everybody's called. But he said, but I would also note, he said Cal and Kentucky had not called him. Okay. But also Buzz Williams and Texas A&M hadn't called him, which, mm. you know, that's, I would think, the other leading candidate to get him, you know, if somebody's going to get him as a grad transfer because they had a good experience under Buzz. I mean, he was like a the 90th ranked recruit in the country and became a all-ACC player and, you know, arguably Virginia Tech's best player down the stretch. Um, I think he likes Buzz, and so Buzz and uh, at least one of his assistants from Virginia Tech are – now at Texas A&M, and they've been on a recruiting tear. They've been signing JUCO guys and recruits, and I think they got three or four guys in a day. That's impressive. Um, and Buzz is kind of a force of nature. But he said he hadn't called either, so it's not super alarming. Mm-hmm. I would guess, too, that like especially in Buzz's case and probably in Kentucky's case, some of that is strategic, like not wanting to appear <laughs> – as though you are tampering with a guy, yeah. You know, for Buzz, I mean, if it's like the moment he goes in the portal, you're like, "Yeah, we've been talking to Buzz." <laughs> then it's like, "Okay, your former coach was meddling." Yeah, and I, I think John Calipari is very cognizant of stuff like that. I know uh, when Ashton Hagens, when they started to recruit Ashton Hagens, who was committed to Georgia, Calipari's assistants, his high school coaches, and and other people told me like Calipari's assistants were like, "Look, he's not going to screw over his buddy Mark Fox." Like. Is is Mark Fox definitively out? Because otherwise, you know, we're not going to do this to him. And, and um, you know, Nate Sestina, we talked to him, and like Cal and their staff were very careful to yes. say, like, we don't want to steal you. We're not. We're not going to take you away. People have given Cal mm-hmm. a bunch of crap about grad transfers. Always changed his tune. His primary tune was, we shouldn't, as the big boys, be robbing from the little guys. Because it can cost people their jobs. Well, Reed Travis wasn't robbing from the little guy. It was Stanford. He'd also had a coaching change, so the coach that recruited him wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Nate Sestina had no option. He had to, because of the weird rule uh, in the Patriot League and, and at Bucknell, I guess, 
you you have to basically go. You can't do a grad a grad year, a fifth year, if you have an injury like he did, um, because you have to complete your graduate degree. Yes. Um, so he was going to have to go somewhere, and like Kentucky getting Nate Sestina came completely with the coaching staff at Bucknell's blessing. Well, I mean, they, what, they basically helped facilitate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it was almost they passed it along to him. And in this case, it's again, it's not, it's not robbing from the little guy. It's a, it's a guy who is at a power conference school in the first place, but also has had a coaching change. His yep. coach is not there anymore. So there's really nothing like unscrupulous or really in violation of the spirit of what John Calipari said. You know, back then when everybody's kind of making fun of him, um, but. Was that from Kyle Mann, that picture that I just saw pop up? No, that was from Ben Roberts. Oh. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Tucker uh, is very, very bad at paying attention. To uh, I guess. I get distracted. distracted. I'm sorry. Distracted when people, so when, when Ben Roberts is photoshopping mustaches onto people, we were not going to, I'm, I'm afraid to even see what that is. And um, the text so. we are having, it's a group conversation with a couple of beat writers that we have. And basically the the context is we were talking about and this is going to end this segment, by the way, because I'm wrapping it up. I don't know if Kyle finished his thought, but he was rambling, I feel like, to a certain extent. So anyway, uh, we were talking about how the next year's roster, there's going to be a ton of turnover, and Ben sent us a picture and said, Cal will try to trot out his new acquisition, Bates Sestina, and it is <laughs> Nate Sestina, and Ben Roberts has drawn a mustache. Just very <laughs> haphazardly with like one swish of the finger in, like uh, on the iPhone, just a stripe across <laughs> Nate Sestina's upper lip, Bates Sestina. I might tweet that out uh, from, the, from the Locked On Kentucky account, so go check that out at Locked On UK. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about Jamal Baker, uh, what all those implications mean for him leaving, and kind of some bigger top, bigger like talking points around around his departure. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Birch Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 different colors, plus galvalume and, and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928. Or check out birdsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door track, and aluminum frame rails. Bird Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call, 859-485-1928. Or check out birdsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So was Jeff Borzello the first one to have um, the report about Jamal Baker being in the transfer portal, Kyle? Am I crediting the right person? Who's that? Jeff Borzello. Uh, I saw Evan Daniels, several yeah. okay. several people. I think Evan said specifically he was leaving Kentucky. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll credit Evan Daniels because we like him a lot. He's been on this podcast before. And hopefully we'll be again this summer to talk some recruiting. Um, so... Evan Daniels, many other reporting, uh, Jamal Baker in the transfer portal, and we'll be transferring from Kentucky. Kyle, you've been hitting at this all season. We've been talking about it a ton on the podcast. I'm not surprised. I know you're not surprised. The reasons for him his leaving are very obvious. There's a ton of guard. There's going to be many guards uh, that are going to be able to play for Kentucky next season. And like you said, a lot of the times he is homesick to a certain extent. It probably seems like considering he's a West Coast kid. Yeah, I, I, this is to me not like a huge, <clears throat> a huge surprise. 
I uh, got some people pushing back on me, basically saying I was just stirring the pot when I was floating that out there. But I mean, it's I know for a fact that he was thinking already about a transfer back, basically when Quade Green transferred. I mean, he could have been a mid-year guy. It was a, at that point especially frustrating for him. He'd been a year and a half trying to get back. He hadn't played much yet. Um, but you know, he finished the year still not really playing a ton. He did have a, a really strong performance in the second round of the NCAA tournament against Wofford. It was kind mm-hmm. of the unsung hero of that game. Not really unsung. I think a lot of people gave him credit. He had eight points. He gave him some offense when they didn't have any. Played some pretty good defense. I think he hit the first three of the game for Kentucky. But then the last thing we saw of him was him fouling a three-point shooter as Auburn gets a four-point play in, in, in the middle of erasing that 11-point lead Kentucky built early in the Elite Eight. Calipari nuked him in that game, put benched him, and never put him back in. I think at one point started to put him back in and then was like, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So when you combine all that and being thousands of miles from home, and he's really, really close to his family, not a big shock. I know it's a big disappointment for some people. It does feel like Cal really struggles to get this. You know, Everybody wants him to get the next level, next tier of guy in recruiting every now and then so that maybe they'll stay around, but then they don't stay around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a little bit of a catch 22. I think what we're, I think what we're going to see until the rules change or some, you know, in the first for the foreseeable future is Calipari mixing one and done guys, the occasional sophomore who comes back and grad transfers. I mean, I guess that's going to have to be the new recipe because yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to have experienced, proven players uh, because they keep transferring out. So, this is, uh, to me, this is not a huge loss. I think it's just a like a frustrating thing for people, for the fan base who who feel like the the revolving door never ends, even if it's not like like most. I think rational people can look at P.J. Washington, Tyler Hero, and Keldon Johnson, all projected first rounders, maybe all top twenty picks going. Like most people can get that. But what kills people is, you know, Kyle Wilcher leaves, Charles Matthews leaves and becomes stars elsewhere. You know, guys declaring for the draft knowing they're not going to get drafted and, and not getting drafted and just being happy to go in the G League and not you know, not being willing to stick around. And then, you know, Quade Green leaves, Jamal Baker leaves. It's like, how do you build continuity? And I'm not sure how much continuity you can build at Kentucky. Well... Okay, well, first, let me. I wanted to say this. Like, this is going to sound insensitive, but I'm just going to say it. Like, you said it to a certain extent, Kyle. Like, Jamal Baker, from a production standpoint, isn't that big of a loss. No, he was not very good. Two point three points this past year. He was not very good, and he could be in the future. So you, you'd, but you have to project to get him to someone um, who would be a major loss for the team. Two point three points. Half a rebound, point four assists. He shot thirty-two point eight percent from the field and only thirty-one percent from three. Obviously, part of that, and they talked about it at the beginning of the season, is coming back from injury. So those numbers are probably skewed just slightly. But I mean, who like next year? We talked about it on the last podcast when we were discussing who we thought was probably the most pro-ready off of next year's team, and we both, of the freshmen coming in on next year's team, and we both said Tyrese Maxey. So he's going to be behind Maxey. I, I don't think that there was any question about that. So you're kind of, you're, you hate to lose a guy who had a big hand, as we laid out, in a critical tournament game, and like Wofford, and was able to lift a team up. But potentially that kind of game 
that role could be filled by somebody like a grad transfer or something along those lines, you know, very easily. And so that's why, like you just said, that's how it seems Calipari is going to be laying out um, his rosters going forward. It's just tough to keep guys. This isn't like people want to make it all about themselves, and this is this is very going to get very philo- philosophical. This is in life in general, but most of the time things are kind of broader, and a lot of times people all over the world goes through the same things, uh, and people all over college basketball are going through people transferring a lot. People are saying, oh my gosh, this is an epidemic. Old people who have lots of gray hair say, oh, back in my day, people stuck things out, and we didn't have all these quitters, and now you all get trophies for everything, la-da-da-da-da. No. This is, I mean, whatever, fine, if you want to be like that. Okay, cool. But there are a lot more transfers now. This isn't Kentucky-specific, I don't feel like. And I don't feel like this is necessarily something that Calipari is is causing, if that makes sense. It's just kind of something that just seems to happen a ton more now. Yeah, I I, I don't have a lot to add to that. I think you're right. Um, I did want to circle back to Blackshear a little bit because um, I did start rambling. Uh, I have a piece up on The Athletic talking to his dad. Uh, he said a couple interesting things. One was basically that they would not be awed by Kentucky or Calipari and the mystique that it was going to have to be a situation of show us how you're going to use my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the right fit for him? Um, so, like, I think a lot of people are already kind of thinking, like, if he doesn't go pro, he ends up at Kentucky. I don't think that's a done deal uh, by any stretch. I think they have work to do there. But but he did say if Kentucky calls, they're a viable option, absolutely a viable option. So um, anyway, if you go to The Athletic, you can read everything he had to say, everything he said about what he knows about Kentucky, what they're looking for, sort of his thought process. Also, Sam Vecini, the Athletics NBA draft guy, kind of breaks down his game, what he stands to gain or not gain by coming back for another year of college. Uh, I hope you will check that out. The other thing, as I've been a little bit distracted here, well, well go ahead. Well, well I just uh, wrap it. I want to wrap up the Jamal Baker topic right now because it is just as we're recording, um, and it is amazing how much like official news is coming out. Considering we just do a half an hour podcast, but <laughs> every time we get together, Kyle, stuff comes out. Uh, UK has tweeted out Jamal Baker. Um, is leaving. So it is officially official. Not that, you know, we don't trust Evan Daniels and all those things, but when it's officially from the team, it's done. And uh, UK has tweeted out, we hate to see Jamal Baker go, but he has our full support as he seeks a situation that's in his best interest. Jamal was a great teammate who impacted our team the most by buying in on the defensive end. We'll be rooting for you, JB. Um, so Jamal Baker, his uh, Kentucky career is over as well. So, what did you want to discuss now? Just where they go now. Okay, we'll do people. that. We'll do that after okay. this break. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where does Kentucky go to fill the roster holes left by the guys that are now all the way officially gone in Tyler Hero and Keldon Johnson and uh, Jamal Baker on top of that? Well, they've already filled the Keldon Johnson space. I mean, they, they knew he was gone pretty much from day one, and that's the reason they went and got Whitney and... Um. Well, I've gone brain dead. Keon, Keon Brooks, Brooks. Uh, Khalil Whitney, and Keon Brooks. Um, they've got they've got two wings to replace him. I, I think that's. A, I mean, if you're if you're swapping one Keldon Johnson for two guys and Brooks and um and Whitney, I think that's a pretty good trade. Um, so I, I think they're going to be okay there. I think they'll have enough offense 
and they'll have some defense and rebounding between the two of those guys. Um, Hero, they're going to miss. I, like they're going to miss Tyler Hero, but I think in Maxi again, I think they have sort of that replacement. You know, you've got a score. They're not the same kind of player, um, but Maxi's a terrific scorer. And I've said and will say again, I think he'll lead them in scoring. So I think he sort of fills that void. They do, I believe. You know, neither Hero nor Keldon Johnson ended up being just dead eye three point shooters. Like Hero was a great scorer. Keldon was a good um, kind of timely. It felt, it felt like time, like Keldon hit a lot of timely three pointers. Mm-hmm. Neither of them shot a crazy percentage, um, but still, between the two of them, they I think they they made the the most threes on the team, right? I mean, the, I think those two guys plus PJ hit thirty some. That's uh, the the vast majority of your made three pointers from last season are walking out the door. Now Jamal Baker is transferred out. You know we expect. Um, Emmanuel quickly to shoot it pretty well. Mm-hmm. I, like I, he was a really good shooter in high school. He started ice cold. I think one for eighteen or two for eighteen, something like that, to start the season. Ended up shooting over I think forty percent down the stretch. He did go cold again at a very opportune time, inopportune yeah. time in the Elite Eight. But he had made a couple huge ones in the Sweet Sixteen. So you've got a guy who's shown he can make threes at the college level, and I think he'll shoot it above 40% next season in Emmanuel quickly. But you still need more. And Nate Sestina, I think it's nice that you have him coming in because he's a guy as a, as a four or a five who can step out, and he made you know 38% of his threes last season actually shooting a decent volume of them. He's a, at least a threat. Ashton Hagens is not. Now, maybe he improves some, but he's, I don't see him being a guy who people worry a lot about. Maxie will shoot it pretty well. I like his shot. But there to me, it feels almost certain that they need to go get one more shooter. Mm-hmm. And I would say almost certain that they would have to go to the, the grad transfer route to get that. Um, now, I, you know, Do you have any names, Kyle? Well, there's like a lot of speculation about the, the Arkansas Little Rock guy, Rajon Tucker. Um, he's already... Well, he's he's in a similar deal as Blackshear as he's put his name in the draft, but it looks like he's probably going to grad transfer. He's already visited West Virginia, um, and Jeff Borzello, in ranking the top grad transfers, the top three are Rajon Tucker, who I just mentioned, Nate Sestina, who's already committed to Kentucky, and then Blackshear. Um, so uh, could could Calipari <laughs> be falling in the high school recruiting? Yeah, so he's going to get the top three grad transfers. I'm not sure on them. I, like, I've heard nothing about them having contact with him. I think people are just looking at who fits the bill. Yeah. He averaged 20 points a game. He shot a little over 40% from three last season at Arkansas Little Rock. But it looks like he's pretty far down the road with other schools. He visited West Virginia. He set up visits to Auburn and Memphis uh, I think North Carolina is in on him. I would. I'm just guessing that that Kentucky's probably not getting that kid. Um, and I'm not sure he's exactly what they need anyway. Like he shot a pretty good percentage, but he's not like dead again. Eye. He's not. They don't need a guy who wants to go score 20 a game. They need a guy who is going to be content in a supporting role, averaging eight or ten points a game, but knocking down two or three threes a game. You know, they've got to have a guy who, if they get in a bind and can't make a shot, can make a shot. 
I don't know who that is. Like I have not done enough deep research on this yet to know who, if somebody on the grad transfer market is going to emerge. My guess, because so much, like so much got out about Blackshear so early. I mean, everybody last night was <laughs> reporting the contact between Kentucky and them, which at that point, Having ta- actually talked to the guy's dad, yeah, they hadn't they hadn't directly called the family at all. Um, my guess is if there's anybody else, it's going to be it will be they will try to keep it pretty quiet. Um, Reed Travis, his name got out there a little bit, but that was kept relatively quiet until that thing really popped. Um, I'm guessing anything from here on will go that way. Um, so anyway, Rajon Tucker is the name that's getting thrown around a lot. I don't think that's going to happen. Bubba Parham, the guy that lit him up in Rupp Arena from VMI, he's another. I don't like. I I don't even know if he's actually a grad transfer. I thought he was a sophomore last year. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's also a little guy. I don't. I don't really see that one either. So that's a whole bunch of words to say no. I don't really know what the options are. I would think they would look on the grad transfer market though. Okay, that that would make sense. Um... So uh, I guess the last thing we needed to touch on uh, in Bubba Parham is a sophomore guard. So unless he somehow, I mean, like redshirted and so he is a sophomore. Yeah, he was he was a sophomore guard last season. So unless he redshirted and finished his career, you know, finished a degree in three years, which you know is really tough to do unless your name's Brad Calipari, uh, then he will not be a grad transfer. So it wouldn't he would not help on next year's roster. Uh, we do need to just finish with. I mean, something that didn't surprise anybody us, anybody I think didn't surprise us, but it was like a super weird timing deal. Keldon Johnson and Tyler Hero in the past 24 <laughs> hours, both announcing that, you know, they will all, they will, they're gone, gone. They have their signing tours, as we mentioned. They're best friends. <laughs> People let me tell you about my best friend. He's oh, some really bad off key singing by both of us here. I am, I am a major key. Just but, like Tyler Hero is a bucket. That was the best part of the whole deal because he's at the end. He said of his little announcement video, "I'll always be a bucket." Once a bucket, always oh, a yeah. bucket, which is just a pretty good line. He also had said fourteen out in his tweet about it. Gosh, he is like he's got a lot of swag. If he wasn't so good at basketball, he would be the biggest dweeb on the planet. Oh, and if he was at Duke, like every oh. every person in America would hate him. Oh, gosh. Certainly every Kentucky fan. Oh, they would despise him. I mean, look, I get, like, Tyler Hero is easily hateable if you want to hate him. Yes. Like, really, really easily hateable. He's the kind of guy that you love if he's on your team and hate if he's not. He is very, um, he, he, there, there is a fine line between if you, like, are trying to be cool <laughs> and not be cool. Trying too hard to be cool. Yes, exactly. That is, I like the kid though. No, I, I, I'm I, I like Tyler a lot too. I mean, the, the he sh- does some he does some of the he does some of the, the things shaving that, of the little check marks yeah. into the side of his head, the wearing of the floral shirt. Like you could interpret that as trying a little bit too hard. The rose colored like John Lennon glasses and yes. the, the uh, male capri pants. All of that. <laughs> All of those All things. of that. So but, but I mean like I will miss covering Tyler. I like Liked watching him play. Uh, he and Keldon had a cool relationship. It was, I mean, like not shocking at all that they kind of do essentially do this together. Uh, and I know they went on Kentucky Sports Radio together to kind of say goodbye today. Um, you know, they were roommates. They were best friends the whole time they were here. They were kind of workout partners, and um, so not not a big shock that one would follow the other. Also, uh, if as Curtis does. 
you're monitoring the various uh, social mediums, <laughs> media. Yeah, this is uh, they're not exactly keeping this stuff a secret because, like, before they make any of these announcements, well, all these dudes wait, are wait a minute. rolling out pictures of their well, luxury vehicles. That's not true. That's not 100% true on all of them. Hero tweeted out a picture of, of I'm guessing it's his Maserati steering wheel after he announced. The person, and this, this, this puts a nice little bow on this season because it brings full circle something that has happened multiple times during the tournament run. Ashton Hagen <laughs> on his Instagram. He is a rat. Ashton Hagen's on his Instagram. Uh, I think it was an Audi. I don't know which call. It was call. an Audi. It was yeah. an Audi. Okay, yeah. And it, it was an Audi steering wheel, and then he tags Keldon Johnson in it. Now, this was on Tuesday night before Keldon made his announcement official. Yeah. And, he, and he tags him, and I, I'm like... Plus, the car dealer, the like luxury car dealer in town, was the one who like posted on Facebook a picture of himself with both PJ and Keldon yes. in the dealership. Yes, I saw At that as point, well. At which point, you'd have to be a moron to think, like, oh, look at that, Keldon's just <laughs> helping PJ test drive his car. No, I don't think so. So, to recap, if, if social media images are correct, PJ ended up with a... What did he get? Porsche. A Porsche. He has a Porsche. PJ has a Porsche. Tyler has a Maserati, <laughs> so clearly he's already gotten some terrific financial advice. <laughs> and uh, Ashton Hagen's has an Audi. Which no, I think an Audi's Keldon Johnson. I'm has saying the sorry, Audi. not Ashton Hagen's. Oh God, sorry. Uh, Keldon Johnson has an Audi. So I mean, all all nice cars. I would drive any of them. Hey Kyle, yeah, I have an Innie. <laughs> oh God, gross. <laughs> no belly buttons are gross. P- Everyone has please, one. Please don't, uh, please don't clip that out and make it the. Uh, Twitter audio. Well, now I have to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like they're gone. Not a huge surprise. I don't like. This will be a not so humble brag, but I would say if you listen to us and if you've been reading the Athletic, you are not surprised, or following either or both of us on social media, you're not surprised by any of this. People were pushing back on me about the wording of the statements that Tyler and Keldon might come back. They were never coming back. Jamal Baker got a lot of pushback on that. He was, he's been thinking about a transfer for a long time, and I'm not mm-hmm. just pulling this stuff out of my rear end. Uh, neither of us are. We don't. If we if we're guessing, we we say we're guessing. If we're not, if if we don't say that, somebody is telling us something, and uh, so. These are not, to me, at all surprises. Like, n- not even a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Any of the... So far, we have had no, like, total head-scratching decisions. Yes. Um, I mean, Jamal Baker, you, you, it's frustrating to people, but it's not head-scratching because he's 2,000 miles from home. Yep. Um, and so now, really, what it comes down to is Kentucky wants to add another big guy. I've got to think they want to add another shooter. Probably both coming... From the grad transfer market? I still think it's a possibility, depending on how, if the Blackshear thing falls through, the 2020 reclass could Yeah, could no, happen. no. I'm just, that's what I was going to like say. The, there's still very much the option of somebody reclassifying. And maybe for both those things. But I, I would think you wouldn't want two more freshmen and young freshmen. Yeah. Specifically with shooting almost more than the big guy because which you well, can't guarantee that a yeah, high school exactly. shooter well, is going to translate in college. We're gonna, we got to wrap this up because we're coming to the end of the time. So, um, but you know, we'll, we'll dive into this and anything we're hearing, we'll, we'll share along. And Nick um, and EJ, we'll talk. Nick yeah. and EJ. Th- those that was what I was getting to. That's the two decisions that are still 
out there, and I have no good information. And like, well, I've like, heard no confirmation I'll, that either of them are coming back. I'll lob this out there as well. Um, I, uh, Brad Brad Calipari does have a decision as well. Yes, he does, so and it won't we'll, we'll, surprise me at all if he is not back back in Lexington, and it yeah. has no bearing on his father's employment status with the University of Kentucky. Yes, all that is very true. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Read his work on the Athletic. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch B U R C H. Uh, hear me weeknights on six thirty WLAP, the home of the Cats, uh, and Sunday mornings nine to noon. Uh, you can check out my video interviews and podcasts on BigBlueInsider.com. Please follow at Locked On UK on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Please rate. Please review. Please subscribe. Please share. Uh, thanks again to Burt Sheet Metal for sponsoring this edition of the show. Find them at BurtSheetMetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H SheetMetal.com. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Kyle, like what what is the next step for for Kentucky in your viewpoint to try to fill some of these roster holes? Um say that again, sorry. I'm doing doing my due diligence here. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take Kyle's phone away. Um